went back to Georgia, then down to Florida to be with his parents for Christmas, then preaching there and back to Georgia and preaching revival all through there. So pray for our kids, amen, that God will use them, amen. I'm excited what God has already done here today. Like I said, I don't need to preach. I don't need to deliver anything today because God done showed up. The song's phenomenal. The music, the singing, it all goes with the word today. Amen. I just have one scripture to the, today, this afternoon, in Malachi chapter 3, verse number 6. Give honor to my pastor, to the ministry team that is here. They are phenomenal. They are just the top notch. Amen. There's, there are, I don't believe there's any better anywhere around than here at Turning Point. Praise God. But Malachi chapter 3, I'm just going to use the first part of this scripture. We'll title it part A, if you will, today. Uh, Malachi 3, 6, for I am the Lord, I change not. I am the Lord, I change not. Amen. With the help of the Lord this afternoon for a I don't know how we're going, how long it's going to take to get through this. Preach on God's immutability. Immutability. That's a big word for me. Amen. And I'll explain that a little later. Father of heaven, Lord, we love you so much. We're so thankful, God, for what you've already done in this house today. We give you praise and glory for it all, Lord, for you are holy, you are worthy, and you deserve all the praise, God. Use me, I pray. Anoint me, God. Lord, strengthen my voice today. I give you praise and glory for it all. In Jesus' wonderful name, give a Lord a mighty hand clap of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. Praise God, praise God. Amen. I just want to say, wow, wow, what a year 2020 has been. And it just seems like we just got started, Pastor. And we close our eyes for a moment or two, and, and it's just, it went by so quickly in our lives. And, and I have to believe it because the older I get, it seems like time just moves so much quicker than it did when I was the age of these little ones here on the front. I remember, and this is not my message, but I remember about time when I was a kid about that age, I was still, we still, I still lived on a dairy farm and, and we always had Christmas Eve at my grandparents right there on the farm. Always kids, oh, so just chomping at the bit, Brother Gundaman, just couldn't wait for that time. And we'd have a big meal, we'd sit down and eat, and the next thing was the most dreaded words you'd ever hear, time to go to the barn, got to do the milking. Oh, those 40 head of cows give more milk on Christmas Eve than they ever did any other day of their life, and it just drug on, and it drug on. And it drug on. And finally they would get back in. And boy, by that time, two hours worth of work, they was all ready to eat again. Time for more dessert. And then finally the, the fun part for the kids, amen, would take place. But this year has just spiraled by 
so quickly. And I want to liken it to a roller coaster ride. Sister Southern, I asked her if she could put up a picture of a roller coaster. Anybody, I know some of y'all, have rode roller coasters here? Hands? Most of you? I'm too old to ride them now. They hurt my body. The last time I was on one, I think I got whiplash pretty bad. And I said, no more. No more. There. And if you've been to those amusement parks, and you know how it is, especially with a, a big ride, one typically like this one, you may stand in line for hours. And that's how it is at the beginning of the year in this we call them, I call them morbid days when the sun doesn't shine much and it seems like time just drags and you wake up and you go to work in the dark and you come home in the dark and it's, it's sad. But I'm not, I not want to go that way. I don't want to go that way. I don't want to go that way. I'm moving on. I'm going to move on. So you're waiting in line and you're moving forward and you're moving forward and slowly and gradually you're creeping along and finally there's just another person in front of you before you step on that car then all those anxieties and emotions begin to stir and begin to flow into your life thinking uh, am I sure I want to do this because when I was young and dumb I didn't care I'd climb on them it didn't take me long to wise up pastor a few quick jerks around and uh, I said no but you're there and, and you climb in Finally, that comes back and screeches to a halt, and you climb in and you board that car and you sit down. Normally, there's a normal roller coaster, a wooden coaster, there's a bar locked down around your lap, and you're jerking it and holding it and thinking, Is this thing going to be safe to ride in? Am I going to fly out of this when it's going 90 miles an hour? Then the brakes release. It's just that gradual little flow, just smooth as silk, thinking this is all right. This is going to be good. And you see this hill. When you get to the bottom of it, that car will ramp up on it and jerk back, and it'll catch those cogs on that chain. And the next thing you hear is click, 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 as you climb to the top. And you know what happens when you get to the top. You start praying. You start praying. I remember, I don't know, teenager, early teens, my dad drove a school bus. And during the summertime, he would haul church groups to Kings Island. Just one summer, I think we went four times. I got to go four times. And I always got to go for nothing. Because he drove the bus, and it was a blast. But that was the first year, Pastor, that they had that beast roller coaster. It had just opened up, and we stood in line for two hours to ride this ride. It might last five minutes. Like I said, I was nervous. I was as nervous as a cat on a hot tin roof. I didn't know what to think. I didn't know what to expect. Because we'd never ridden it before. 
the hill. Man, when it released, we were gone. And I was holding on for dear life. And as I finally got through and it leveled off, if you've ever rode that, it levels off at the top. And it catches and it jerks. And all of a sudden it releases and all you see is a dark tunnel ahead. And you're thinking, Lord... I wasn't praying in person at that time, nor was I cussing because I was sitting beside my dad. <laughs> Might have been whispering it, I don't know. And those thoughts run through your head, what if, what if someone would put a two-by-four across that tunnel? <clears throat> Why do I think of things like that? grace of God still here but that's how this year has been folks it's been like a roller coaster ride with the ups and the downs and the curves and the turns the twists the jerking back and forth and the bouncing around but guess what we're all still here we are all still here we're all living for the Lord. We're still serving him with everything. If nothing else throughout this year, I believe the church has become stronger in the Lord. Amen. We have struggled through some things, went through some things, but God has been faithful, amen, to every single one of us in our lives. And there's not a one of us can complain about the goodness of the Lord. Not a one of us. That's why I say he is a God who changes not. He's immutability. Amen. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that we're serving a God who does not change. I can't say that he cannot change because he could if he wanted to, but he chooses to remain exactly the same. Think about this with me for a moment. He's not like we are. He doesn't run on emotion. What if God don't have good days? He don't have bad days. He don't wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Think about this. What When you get up in the morning and you go to the Lord in prayer and in your spiritual eyes you see this hand coming down saying, not yet. I've not had my coffee. Uh, don't you bring your prayer request to me yet. He's not like that. He's there available 24-7. Oh, I, I, I think there's some people here who can relate to that. Because I, that, that morning time, that first cup of coffee is my time and the Lord's time. Don't bother me in between. <laughs> Just kidding. But you can relate to that. But God's not that way. What if he done that? What if, oh, just wait a minute. I'm not ready. I said, no, he doesn't change. He doesn't change. Hallelujah. I'm thankful. He does not change, always remains the 
God, the God of immutability, the ability to remain exactly the same, to never waver one way or the other. And thank God for that. Because when those storms of life come, and they come, but we trust the Lord, and when our ship is being rocked to and fro, he is a solid rock that we can cast our anchor upon him, and it will hook in that rock, amen, of Jesus Christ, and it will hold fast, and he will see every one of us through to our life of immutability forever. And I would venture to say there's not a vessel here today or listening in who has the ability to remain exactly the same. We are constantly changing in our lives. We, we go through different seasons of our lives, and some are good and some are not so good, and it triggers things inside of us, and we don't do the things we used to do. We don't act the way we used to do. We don't go to places we used to do, and all things change, but only God can remain the same. I'm glad that he does. Ephesians 3.20, we use it a lot. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or even think according to the power that worketh within us. It's not the fact that God can't do it. It's how much power do we have within ourselves to believe God for us. We had many prayed. We stood in line for prayer today. And pastor said, if you've got faith to come, and if you don't have faith, there's no need in praying for you. In, in essence, we'll pray for you, but if you don't have faith to be healed, then most likely you'll not receive your healing. So that's that power that worketh. What is that power? It's the power of the Holy Ghost. That is given to every born-again believer who's been born again of the water and of the Spirit. That is automatically, when we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, that is instilled in us in that power. Amen. When we pray and when we're wanting prayer and needing prayer from the Lord, and we know God, there's no, no doubt that he's not able to do it. There's no question that God's power and his authority that he can't do it, but how do we connect? How does our faith connect? Often in the Bible, we see the always Jesus would say, your faith, your faith has made you whole. It wasn't the Lord doing the work. It was their faith connecting with God Almighty. And when their faith connected with him, miracles, signs, and wonders begin to happen, amen, to the people. So we got to allow that power that's within us to begin to stir and to begin to work and to begin to flow. And when it connects with God in worship, then you'll see results. You will see results happen through the power of the Lord. Brother Gunnerman, you did a phenomenal job last Sunday. And I'll jump on board with you that it's time for the church to get out of the shadow and to become 
the church that Jesus Christ purchased his precious blood for. It's time we stand up, we square our shoulders back, and we begin to march, we begin to move forward, and we begin to work in the spiritual gifts that our pastor has been talking about, preaching about. It's time we, the church, go boldly into our neighborhoods and proclaim the word of God. Amen. He preached this morning that the disciples turned their world upside down. Why shouldn't we not be the same? Why should we not be doing the very same thing? And if I, if I go the wrong way here, you stop me. We have become comfortable as a church. We love the beautiful building. We love the good lighting, we love our heat, we love our air conditioning, we love the beautiful singing and the music, the phenomenal preaching of the word, and we can come. We worship, excuse me, we worship, and we sit, and we're just like great big sponges, and we soak it up, and we leave this place, I'm preaching to myself, and if it fits you as well, so be it. And we leave these four walls and we go home and we're filled. You know, if you feel a sponge so full, it'll, the water begin to drip out of it because it can't hold it. We're holding it. We're holding it. And all along the people that we see, we're not sharing it with them. We're not releasing what God has given us. The early church, they didn't have beautiful sanctuaries. The Bible says they went from house to house. Teaching, preaching the gospel message. This, this is a filling station. This is a place for the body of Christ to come to be filled, to receive from the Lord, to get direction, to get instruction to get empowered, then we take it and we go out into the world and we share. We share this beautiful gospel message. And what a, not a better time to share. My wife and I, last Sunday, went to a, to a store and we needed to get something. Then we jumped over, had time, more time to kill. We jumped over to another store and there's a lady there, there at the cashier, and I guess we saw our looks. I don't know, maybe my wife's looks. She goes, you all go to church? Yeah. She goes, where do you go? I said, we go to Turning Point Apostolic Church. She goes, I just moved in the area, and I'm looking for a great church. And I said, oh, we've got the best church. She goes, you got a card. Man, I got my wallet out, and I went and dug out my, my card. And we put the church times on that card and handed it to her. And she goes, I'm off Wednesday. Man, that's great. We're going to have a phenomenal Bible study Wednesday night. Now, she didn't show up last Wednesday, but I'm not giving up. I'm still praying for this lady and her family that they'll show up here at church. And that's what we're called to do, folks. We're called to share this beautiful gospel message. Now, you may think I'm getting off track. anything to fear when we face people. I, I, I have trouble 
looked at myself. Fear of rejection. I, I suffer from that. I'm just going to be transparent. I, I really do. And all I can tell you is no. You're not in this. And you move on. <laughs> it's that simple. It's that simple. But my Bible says if God be for us, who can be against us? We got nothing to fear. If, if they don't want what we got, big deal. That's their loss. And we find someone who's hungry, who's thirsty, who's longing for something genuine in their life. No weapon, no weapon shall be formed that will prosper against the children of God. God's ability to remain the same, the same is just as perpetual motion. Man throughout the ages have done everything they can to create a machine that will work perpetually without any extra energy or supply source that once it gets started, they start it and it runs and it runs and runs indefinitely. It's never been accomplished. In fact, the study that I studied on it says it's impossible for man to come up with a machine because it defies all these different things that goes against it. But my God, my God works, works in perpetual motion because I don't when he started pastor, I don't know whenever he, God has always existed as far as I know. And he always will. He's the Alpha, the Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. And he fills every all space and everything in between. Long after we're gone, God will remain God. Whether we go to be with him or not, God still will be God. And he will perpetually remain the same. He doesn't need an outside force of energy or electricity or, or anything to empower him because he is all power already. And he cannot be depleted. He cannot be depleted. So if our God is able to do everything that we can even ask or think, and he never runs out of resources, why do we lack in receiving simply because we think God is only able to do certain things. We limit his power, his ability. We put him in boxes. You see different Christmas boxes that's in the stores that you can stack them up. They start big and just get smaller and smaller. And we will pick and choose those size boxes sometimes for different situations in our lives and we think well God you'll, you can only work in this big of an area in this situation when all along God's saying uh uh yank the lid off yank the lid off yank the lid off and see what I can do amen for you and your life for your family amen we gotta pull the lids off of our faith unto a God who is inexhaustible, who's in immutability to change 
and he longed, folks, he longed to work for us, to, to heal us, to, to deliver us, to do whatever we ask him to do in faith, believing he desires to do it. But we've got to allow him the liberty to do it in our lives. And if we don't open up, if we hold on to one morsel of reservation, then God's hands become tied. But as soon as we let loose, when God is released, he says, ah, now, watch me. Watch me. Watch me. I love the God that I serve. Things that God never changes, cannot, will not, does not, it is perfect love for human beings. From the very first to human beings, Adam and Eve, his love for them, when he created Adam from the dust of the earth and took a rib from Adam and made Eve, his love for them is still as strong today for you and I for every human being that is upon the face of this earth, his love is still there and he desires to save their lives. He desires and he, his love never wavers, it never changes. We may fall in and out of love for people, especially with youth and they begin to start dating and one week they're dating another one and we think they're in love with them and the next week that that's gone and it's they got with somebody else but God's love never changes it never changes when we are unlovable and folks there are times this old boy can be unlovable but he still loves you he still loves me he's still in the saving business he's not changed he's not stopped saving people He's not stopped delivering people from the bondages of sin or whatever they may be bound by. He's still giving peace to those who are tormented in their lives. He's still doing that. He has not changed. His word has never changed. Oh, man has altered it and done everything and tore pages out of the book because they didn't think that it applied unto their lives or their circumstances and they got rid of those pages because it brought conviction into their lives and it went across the way that they chose to live but my God's word remains the same it's forever settled in heaven he's a God who cannot change and he changes not his immutability is there for all eternity for people. He's still a provider. He said, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. Then I'll give you whatever you have need of. He always will supply our needs. Even though we, well, we scratch our heads at times and wonder, God, where's this going to come from? How am I going to pay this bill? How am I going to do this? And, but God is faithful to his people and will always come through, will always make a way. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm thankful that he's still my provider. 
and he's still pouring out of his spirit upon whosoever will. God is still filling people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's nothing that gets to this old man than to see little ones praying and seeking the Lord. It just does something to my heartstrings that, man, it'll jerk the tears right out of me. And it's all I can do to sit and watch and pray and just, oh, just give it to them, Lord. Give it to them at a young age. Don't let them wait till they're grown and old and let things get in their lives and when they have to tear that all down and get out of the way, fill them with the Holy Ghost while they're little and still tender in their hearts, in their spirits. Then when God fills them, church, it's time for us to just embrace them. Brother Pace, you're doing a phenomenal job over there with your team in that Sunday school department. Amen. You, you, you the man, if I can just say that, you the man, your wife are phenomenal workers in our youth. But God is a God who doesn't change. And if you're waiting for him to change to fit what you want and what you desire, guess what? It's not going to happen. And you may fool yourself and you may believe a lie, but when you get stand before him, and the books are open. Yeah. You didn't obey me. You thought that wasn't for you. Let me say, depart, you worker of iniquity. Music, come, please. God's done a work already, and I know he has. But if you feel in your life that there's something more yet to do. And maybe you didn't quite get your healing. Maybe you don't feel quite feel that release today. We're going to open these altars. And we're going to invite you to come forward. Because the God that I serve wants to, desires to, longs to heal. He's not a respecter of persons. What he's done for one, he will do for another. Why would God withhold from his people? He won't. love the Lord aren't you thankful you're serving a God who doesn't change who longs who longs for his bride to be the bride for his church to arise and be the church and when we allow God to be God and we throw the lid off and allow him his full authority, his full power and ability to work through us and for us. We will find God flowing.
will find a revival and see a mighty revival in our community. We may have to do an extra service back there. This morning it was almost full, the house. And with the youth back in here this afternoon, it's full again. That's exciting. That's exciting. But what's going to be more exciting when we arise, Brother Gundaman, we step from the shadows, we take what we receive, we go forth and we begin to invite and we see these altars filled with every walk of life, filled from side to side and, and tear stains upon the carpet and, and all that other stuff that comes out of you when you're praying and you're repenting and maybe there'll be packs of, of cigarettes will be left there. I've seen it happen many times. People get up from the altar for repentance that had smoked all their lives, would lay them down and would never pick them up. We don't see that much anymore, but it, we need to see it. And we take them, we throw them in the garbage. The baptismal waters, pastor said it, I believe it was Wednesday night, been a while since when they've been stewarded. It's not just his role, his role to reach the people. He said, we are the priest this morning. We are the body of Christ. God's ordained him to be the pastor, the shepherd over this flock, to teach us, to guide us, to lead us. But it's our job, it's our role to go out into the highways and the byways and use what God has given us to use his unchanging power that he instills in you and I. Brother Gunnaman said it, greater works than these shall ye do. Are we doing greater works? Are we sitting on what God has given us? I think it's time we arise. That we shake the dust off. We shake the slumber off. The, the sleepiness off. get some Holy Ghost boldness and we go forward in the power of the Holy Ghost and see people saved. Music comes, singers come, if you got a song, church, stand. These altars are open.